Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast in association with Blue Collar Street Food. Well, we have a positive Reading FC podcast today, a 1-0 win away at Rotherham United, Moradonna banging in the goal to get us the three points. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Ben Morley. How are you doing, Ben? Very well, thanks. How are you doing, Paul? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. I've also been joined by Matt Williamson. How are you doing, Matt? Hi, yeah, I'm doing well. Nice to get three points on the board, finally. It is. It is very, very nice. We haven't been in a great run of form at all, but we had a few changes to the starting lineup today, Matt. Were you pleased to see... Yadam and Richards come back into the team? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think one of the confusing things about midweek was them not playing um, and going to such a defensive formation with four centre-backs on the pitch, um, which just kind of gave us no outlet down those sides. And uh, you saw with the goal today, uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, but that was where the ball in came from, from Richards. Like Just having that kind of extra ability was, yeah, big, big help. Yeah, it definitely eased my nerves slightly before kickoff seeing that because I felt like all the reasons you just said, they just gave us more of a more of a threat going forwards. But Rotherham did have some chances early on, Ben. And they, they kind of consistently throughout the match got the ball into our penalty area and with a little bit more quality up front, it could have been a very different day. Yeah, I think that's fair. Kind of, You know how they're going to play. You know they're going to press and they did and it did cause us problems. Uh, Again, we're seeing a fairly slow start, 10 or 15 minutes. They probably edged it uh, before we came into the game a little bit. But yeah, with a bit more bit more luck for them or misfortune for us, you know, they easily could have scored. Yeah, totally. I mean, look at the quality moments in that match. I've seen so many good things from Lucas Jow this season, but when he's through and having a chance to shoot at the moment, he's slightly worrying me, Matt. He's, he's looking for that wonder goal to get his confidence back, isn't he? Yeah, he had a couple of moments today. I think one where, okay, his back was to goal about 20 yards out, but the keeper was completely off his line and he just completely mishit it. And then, yeah, one where he was clean through and tried chipping it and just got it all wrong. Uh, I think that we have seen that this season. It's not just like in, in this run of games, but when he's not consistently scoring, like those things kind of crop up a bit more. Um, but he has been the goal scorer this year and it's hard to not begrudge him like a, a slightly quieter period he's still getting goals here and there um if he hadn't missed the penalty midweek then maybe we wouldn't quite be focusing on him as much but mm. like everything combines to say like oh lucas jow is having a bad bad month um but i think i think he's doing okay like those it, it's the kind of stereotypical he's getting in the right positions and 
he's he's got the quality and he's had the quality for several seasons now. So I, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I think he'll come good again, won't he? And he's shown that he's got it. He will get a goal and then there'll be a momentum back in his game. I, I think so. I do think apart from his shooting, everything else was good today. I thought his kind of hold up play, that's not really his his game, but I thought it was good. I thought he brought players in nicely. I thought he ran the channel as well. You know, the timing of his runs was excellent. It just didn't quite fall in any of the kind of three chances that he had. Yeah, I think two players that really stood out for me today in the midfield were Elise and Ijaria. I thought they both had quality matches today and created chances for players in a consistent basis. In a game that stereotypically Redden fans say that those two players fade away, that and they didn't today. They stood up to the challenge. No, it was interesting because I think Rotherham's high press, whilst that uh, has a negative effect on the defence, obviously opens up space like uh, towards the middle and attacking third. And Elise and Ajari are exactly the kind of people you want on the ball there. Um, Elise also kind of dropped deeper when at goal kicks to try and help with that progression, which we haven't really seen that much up until now. He's tended to stay quite high and kind of look to get knockdowns off Jao. And that was one of the interesting things from today is that we did try playing out from the back and having Elise and Ajari there is obviously going to help that rather than against Wickham where Route 1 a lot of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two players there. If they, we can get those two in form and possibly, who knows, at some point, John Swift back in the team, I think it's going to really help us. But are you feeling more confident about the team, the way we're playing, Ben? Or do you think maybe we got away with it slightly today? Uh, I do think we got away with it a bit, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it was a convincing win against a team who are, who are battling against relegation. Um, I, I think we're seeing the same sort of question marks raised in, in the same areas around substitutions, both timing and choices. Um, personally, I think we're seeing the same three players in, in Jao, uh, Ajaria and um, Elise getting run into the ground a bit and playing far too many minutes. And I'd like to see them give an opportunity to, to rest and maybe impact the game from the bench. That's the thing we're lacking, if you ask me, is, you know, we're, we're playing teams who can change the game and, and we don't have those same options on the bench because we're kind of instead choosing to leave them on and run them into the ground for, for 90 minutes every week. So maybe you'd like to see players like Puskas and Luca come into the team, maybe a little bit of kind of like spreading the load? Absolutely, yeah. just just fresh legs at this point. I think that's, that's you know, for me, I'm seeing us kind of games getting away from us the later they go on, you know, recent losses against Millwall and Brentford, both late on and teams having a go, you know, it was going to be in, in the last 10 minutes that Rotherham equalised here and right at the end, you know, they had their best chance where if we can put that game to bed by by making substitutions around 60 minutes and having good options, you know, start Puskas and have Jao on the bench and let him have half an hour really going for it rather than 90 minutes as he is at the moment. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. When you look at players like Josh Laurent, they fade as the games continue. And we've also seen an injury to Andy Renamata today, haven't we, Matt? Which is definitely a concern if it's a hamstring one. Yeah, right wing, where we're particularly, mm. you know, don't have a lot of depth with Mete also out. Presumably Estevez will come in there or maybe Aluko, but Aluko seems to have kind of disappeared recently. Um so that's a bit confusing. I, I must say I, I agree with Ben where it comes to substitutions. The idea that Puskas is coming back from injury but not getting minutes is quite confusing to me. Like I thought that if you at least look on paper, it might not have played out that way. Wickham and Rotherham are games where we could have rotated the team and used some of the youngsters that were on the bench maybe like in December. And that just hasn't really 
hasn't really happened. And maybe the Rinomota injury is a consequence of that. Maybe it isn't, but it just makes it more likely that we're gonna gonna you know stack up the injury table again. Yeah, it is a bit of a worry going forwards because if we were to lose some of those key players again with no transfer window, obviously now until the end of the window, you'd feel with the pressure growing on the team and teams below us like Barnsley, Middlesbrough, Cardiff, all pushing. I'm not sure we're staying there. I hope we do. But let's get back to the game now. If you look at the chances that we had, the best opportunity were coming from set pieces, really. And beautifully, Omar Richards puts the cross in from a corner, I think it started. He puts the crossing to Morrison. He kind of heads it, falls to him again. And then Ben, he just about goes over the line. I mean, he's probably about a foot over the line, isn't it? But would I follow? You'll never really know. But <laughs> such a crucial goal and to get that early one and get us ahead in the game. Yeah, it was very kind of not typical for a centre-back to follow it up in that way. You know, that's the kind of instinct you get typically with a striker. So uh, I don't know what it is about Morrison. Maybe he used to be a striker back in his, back in his kind of youngster days but he's definitely got that danger element in the box and followed it up I, I don't know whether if we conceded that goal we'd criticize the goalkeeper it sort of he didn't smother it but um you know it was straight at him at power so kind of not not an easy save by any means but yeah I'm happy for goal line technology I guess because who knows if that would have been given if not it looks comfortably across the line but you never know what's in the referee's head at the time yeah, I mean, such a relief when that went in, wasn't it, Matt? Because if we'd have conceded the first goal today, I would think we would have struggled yet again. Yeah, I think that when teams go ahead against us, um, they can sit back a bit more. And Reading consistently have shown that they're not a great team when, uh, you know, try to break a side down. Um, Rotherham may not have done because they are renowned for their high press, but it just it, it just adds an extra layer of complexity to a game that Reading don't really like to play. Uh, I think especially, and I'm losing my train of thought here. <laughs> um, what was I trying to say? Very interesting. I've I'm sure it's fascinating, Matt, but we move yeah, on to like, yeah. another opportunity. I'll take you out of the uh, troubles on the zone now. <laughs> I will um, uh, move you into another opportunity we have from a set piece, which were really different today. Rotherham were pushing up so much they gave us that gap behind. Liam Moore cuts down the left-hand side. And if Lucas Jow hits that with his left foot, Ben, surely it's going to be a goal. Yeah, I think this comes back to what Matt was saying earlier as well about him kind of fluffing another later chance. He, he just seems to do things in his own style. And, and for whatever reason, in this case, it, it seemed like he'd rather control the ball three yards out, go round the goalkeeper and tap it in rather than just kind of get something on it and deflect it goalwards. For me, this, this is just Jow. This is what he does. You know, he plays with sauce. Um, we love it when it works. It, it's very frustrating when it doesn't. Thankfully, today it's not cost us. I love that. Plays with sauce. That <laughs> exactly sums him up, doesn't it? 100%. We also had another opportunity really late on in the first half. Another set piece again. The ball goes whipped across the area. And I don't know how. I mean, Samayo, it's really tough for him to score there mm -hmm. at the foul post, Matt. I mean, maybe he should have pulled it back for an amount of, but that's easy with hindsight, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's one the like Rotherham defenders half cleared it and Semedo doesn't have a whole lot of time to adjust his body or anything. And I think it almost hits the post into the side netting kind of thing. It's a difficult chance and a, a difficult to say that he could have done much better with it just because of the kind of lack of reaction time. Maybe if you've got, you know, a clinical poacher there, then that ends up in the back of the net. But 
especially given the player that it is, I'm, I'm not really expecting us to score. It's a bit of a downer there on Samedo there, Matt. <laughs> I'm Sorry. Uh, finishing might not be his best attribute. <laughs> I think you're right, though. I think you're right. So we go in at halftime, 1-0 up, a little bit tense because we know that Rotherham are going to come out pretty quick in the second half. And they do come out quick, Ben, but no massive amount of chances there. It wasn't a constant bombardment that we saw later on in the game. No, lots, lots of half chances. I mean, they kind of scored the goal that was, I think, players had stopped playing because it was offside, yeah. but kind of a bit worrying, 45 seconds into, into a half you know, an opportunity finish, quality going away. It was a cracking finish. It was. So yeah, definitely I'm um, happy that that was given offside. But uh yeah, I mean they certainly went for it. And I, I do think we defended relatively well and limited them to kind of half chances and a bobble this way or that way and kind of blocks and getting bodies in the way and just about did enough. Yeah, and shortly after that when Lucas Jow had the opportunity when he was put through <laughs> by Michael Elise. Now you're right, Matt, like you said earlier. I can see what he's trying to do, and it just looks horrible because he's tried to chip him but put spin on it as well. So it curves around the goalkeeper. But when it comes off, and it doesn't look great like that, does it? It looks pretty poor. But he will score goals again. Yeah, he definitely will. I think I think Lucas Zhao, when it isn't going right for him, it, he is a player that just looks terrible. And you go back to the Bournemouth game, he tried one of his little dragbacks um, and like earlier, just before he scored, and it was horrible. It ran through to a keeper and it was terrible. And the defender learned nothing from it because two minutes later, he was doing the exact same thing, but just pulling it off successfully for one of the nicest goals, you know, we've scored this year. So he will score again. He does look horrible when it's not going for him, but he's just one of those players, I think. Looks horrible, and he's also plays football with sauce in one podcast. <laughs> it's quite he, amazing. He's got everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a poll yeah, coming has. on. Does he look horrible? Does he play with too much sauce? <laughs> <laughs> no, it will come off. I totally agree. At some point, he's going to hit that hot vein of form and for like six or seven goals in 10 games, which would be magical when that comes back. We're then going to a kind of lull in the game, but one of the strangest moments, I don't understand why we took a Jaria off with 15 minutes to go to put on Tom McIntyre. During the watch-long, someone says, what is the random substitution going to be today? And Panovic delivers. I understand the substitution if we've made it with five minutes to go, but not that early, Ben. It seemed a little bit negative to me and allowed Rotherham to push on. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, kind of maybe pushing Richards a bit more forward was the, was the thought, but yeah, I, I don't really get it. And Tom McIntyre just seems, when, he, when he's on the bench, just seems to be kind of a, default first substitution and whoever we fancy bringing off that's where he'll play and it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to me but you know it, maybe it worked we've got a clean sheet who knows yeah and we also saw um in earlier in the season um McIntyre coming on and playing midfield repeatedly with yep. backs every yeah. point I mean, god that was a strange era I, I never understand that one <laughs> but Matt what did you think on that substitution yeah well the interesting thing about that is you we can't really have it both ways. We can't argue that Panovic isn't making substitutions, but also that when he does make substitutions, they're all wrong. Like that is, is an interesting one. And I wouldn't necessarily have made it myself, but I guess the, that you are right. Like the, the idea is like Richards could push up and play more as a left winger. Um, I think as a, in the league cup, he played Richards as a right winger at one point. So like he clearly has the idea that Richards has the technical quality to do that. Whether it's the substitution that most fans would have made, I, I think probably not. 
um, maybe. But we don't really have another option on that left wing. Um, that that is one of the other sides where we're still quite shallow after not strengthening during January. Yeah, for the rest of the second half, there was a few long-range shots from uh, Elise. One of them was on target. One of them was a little bit wide. And I'm never quite convinced when he's taking those long shots. He doesn't quite put his foot through the ball enough. Maybe that's something he can work on. But I don't know. Some of the options he was taking weren't quite right. He still had a good game. But I felt that there was opportunities we weren't quite taking advantage of, Ben, as the game was progressing. Because Rotherham were just pushing further and further up. And there's massive gaps behind them. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think we really created anything clear-cut at all in that second half. Um, I think that's the eighth game in a row we haven't scored in the second half. And that kind of comes back to my, my point earlier about how tired are these players that, you know, we couldn't really be worse off, in my opinion, playing the likes of Aluko and Baldock because we probably wouldn't have scored many more, but we couldn't have scored any less. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we didn't create a huge amount. Uh, I agree with you. Some of the shot positions weren't great, but if that's the best option, kind of, who knows? But yeah, tiredness in my opinion. Throwing Bulldog into the mix there, uh, Ben. That <laughs> is a brave shout. <laughs> that is a brave shout. I just wanted to start your Twitter account right away. <laughs> Matt, what do you think will be kind of like the thoughts on the last 10 minutes? Because for me, that was horrific. It was so close for Rotherham getting a decent chance there. And they didn't quite get one, but they were millimetres away at times, weren't they? Yeah, I think that they will, the Reading players will take out of this that we've got points on the board and that can only be positive. But when you look at that last 10 minutes, a lot of it had more to do with a little bit of luck and a little bit that you can tell Rotherham are where they are in the table. Um, whether we get that slice of luck against better teams, it still remains to be seen. Like we go to Blackburn next and their forwards are not going to pass up chances like that. Um but we, we have been due a little bit of luck. Like Millwall got a couple of lucky deflections, you know, like we we might have got it earlier in the season, then we didn't, and then we got it again, and then we didn't, and now we're back to having it. So it's great. It's gonna it's gonna continue until the end of the season and we're gonna make the playoffs and everything will be great. What you're saying is if you're a Reading fan, get your, all your money on the lottery tonight. It's yeah. in, it's gonna be yeah. happening, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that those last few minutes will kind of like maybe sum up where the direction of the season is going. If we concede an equaliser there, it is a very, very depressed Reading fan, isn't it? Because that moment when it hits Morrison and deflects just inches wide, Ben, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, that was horrific viewing. Just yeah, horrible. <laughs> absolutely heart and mouth stuff, wasn't it? it, it I. I the replays, I couldn't even see what happened. I just knew it was very close and Raphael looked to be saying a quick little press. So thank you for, for not letting that go in. But I mean, it's it's one of those ones that absolutely would have been would have been unlucky to concede in that manner. But at the same time, you know, if, if we keep only only getting one goal leads and inviting pressure on, then, you know, teams like Rotherham will punish you. You know, anyone in this league will punish you. Wickham punished us. Millwall punished us, you know good teams as well. Brentford punished us and, and late on is where we're struggling to compete and absolutely agree that we have been quite unlucky in some of these games. But uh, yeah, nice to see it change and a little bit fortuitous on that one. What would be a big game changer for us would be if Yaku Mate came back. Matt, I mean, he seems to be always close, which is starting to concern me slightly because he's not actually getting back in. But if he comes back, it's a huge, huge boost, that right-hand side. And I'd say more importantly to Lucas Jail. 
yeah, it takes yeah. the pressure off Zhao a little bit. Um, Meite yeah. is also right up championship when it comes to per 90. So, um, and and again, over the last few seasons, he's shown that he can do it. He can be the main man, even if Zhao got injured, which currently with Pushkas also out, we don't really have. Um, that right-hand side is, you know, it changes week to week. Like sometimes Elise plays there and it's more creative. Sometimes like today we've got Reno playing there and it's just more about running and stretching the defence. Um, and presumably whilst um, all of the other options are out, Estevez will play there and that will happen again. Uh, my concern with Yakumete is much like yours. If if we rush him back and he goes out and injures himself again, he, he could be out for, you know, uh, months. Uh, he, he he always seems to be quite close to that kind of injury, which is a bit concerning. But um, yeah, he, he really could be the game changer in the later half of the season. So if it takes him a couple more weeks to come back, then I think we should give him those few weeks. Yeah, he's never really come back on the pitch for any sustained period of time since that match against Sheffield Wednesday. I think it was when he put in the challenge to win the ball. That's been a really costly one, hasn't it? But you brought up the situation with Rinomoto there, obviously Looks like he's going to be out injured. How do you think we're going to reform the midfield now, Matt, in that situation? I think uh, we've we've kind of already seen it. Like Smedo will drop into the uh, the midfield screen, the midfield two, um, and then I imagine Estevez will come into the right wing. Uh, we saw that last week against Bristol City. He does offer uh, width there, but not a whole lot more. He he has quite a nice shot. He can cross the ball, but doesn't necessarily show it all the time. Um, and then we have someone like Aluko, but as I said, like he he seems to have dropped down the pecking order, whether that's just because he's out of contract during summer and Pano's trying different options. Uh, maybe that's the case. But um, yeah, we don't have a whole lot of out-and-out right wingers, which is, is always a problem. How do you mix it up, Ben, for the game against Blackburn that's coming up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've been pretty open and, and ideally we would have rested some players before this game, which now looks like a, a slightly more challenging one against a, a difficult team. But yeah, I, I think I'd probably rest at least one of uh, Elise, Ajaria or Jao and, and have them on the bench so that we can chuck them on if needed uh, with, with 30 or 20 minutes to go. Yeah, I think some of them are going to have to be rotated at some point. I mean, uh, we've, isn't it true, Ben, that we've used the fewest amount of players in the league this season? Yeah, it was. I looked at that a couple of weeks ago, and, and that was the case. And uh, you know, this is a, a an abnormal season in terms of the the load, and it's not normal. We play so many games so frequently. Uh, typically, we get this kind of once a year around Christmas, but it's pretty much every week from now until the end of the season we're playing games this frequently. And I I, I can imagine you know the sports science team sports science teams are pulling their hair out a bit. And alongside that, we, we've got a manager who's uh, insistent on sticking with the same players, which I'm sure is great for their confidence, and I'm sure it does have benefits. I want to be very clear about that. But at the other end, the kind of performance management it must be causing headaches and uh, must be causing challenges. It also could have a long-term impact on very young players' careers as well, couldn't it? If you've, if you've given examples uh, on your Twitter account and your article that you did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I kind of mentioned it before we came on, but I, but I did see an interesting point from Jack Wilshire yesterday, of all people, um, an interview where he said when he was kind of 19, uh, he was playing every minute, you know, week in, week out for Arsenal, you know, midweek Champions League away at Barcelona, loving every second. But looking back now, one of the biggest regrets of his career is not having a break and not putting more rest there. And, you know, he's really feeling that, that that's cost him his career. And I have to see parallels in the likes of Elise. You know, he's 19 as well. He's playing every minute 
if this were a normal season, he'd probably be rotated in and out of the team if players were available. You know, he'd probably be substituted on the 60th minute every game if possible, similar to kind of Ajaria. Um, but we're not seeing that. We're seeing him playing, you know, pretty much every second. He came off on the 93rd minute today, so we got 200 seconds of rest. That's that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's not really enough, is it? If you look at him as a whole career, I mean, for us as Redden fans, it's great. But for him personally, you got to think how that's going to affect him in five years' time for all the points that you've just given there. And if you want to think of someone, another English player, there's Michael Owen. Just look at his hamstrings. I mean, I'm sure now he wish he hadn't played all those games, but when you're that young, you'd want to play every single game, wouldn't you, Matt? Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. Like, Elise actually has been rotated out of the side earlier in the season, so it's yeah. a little bit interesting that Paunovic isn't doing it now. Maybe that's just because of the injuries. Elise seems to be becoming the central, the focus point of absolutely everything we do. The amount of time that he was on the ball against Middlesbrough last weekend was um, kind of crazy for someone who is only 19. Um, so I just think that Paunovic doesn't think he has the option of taking him off, which, yeah, I agree with both of you, is going to hurt his, if not immediate future, maybe his long-term future. Yes, so let's get back to uh, what's coming up very soon, though. But we've got Blackburn coming up during the week. How do you think that's going to go, Ben? Uh, definitely. Definitely a tricky game. Um, one of the things that plays into our advantage, much like Mac was saying, I think they'll have a go. They'll attack us and that plays into our hands. You know, we'll have options on the break. That same space that uh, Rotherham gave us today, the likes of, of um, Ajaria and Elise kind of thrive on that. So so hopefully more kind of killer passes. Um, I can see some more goals for exactly that reason. Uh, could go either way. I, I'm going to go for a two-all draw. Well, there's always goals in Reading uh, Blackburn at the minute, so it'll probably be 5-5 five, five or something. But it is it is interesting that uh, Blackburn have been almost in as bad form as we are. I think this is the first point today that they picked up in like six games. So maybe that'll help us. And I'll, I'll say maybe a 6-5 win in that case. <laughs> I would 100% take that. You're right. There's been loads of goals, hasn't there? The last ones, it was 4-2 early in the season at Ewood Park. And then right at the end of lockdown season, there was a 4-3 when they scored a last-minute winner. Is that right? I yeah, I think so. And Swift scored that very nice free kick from about 30 yards. Yes, yes. I remember Jordan Abita getting caught in the far post for the winner, if I remember correctly. I did love Jordan though, so uh, I did like him during the week there when he was playing, playing for Wickham. Did not like him at all. <laughs> but moving on, thank you for listening and thank you for joining us, uh, Matt and Ben. We'll be back with the podcast, preview podcast for the game against Blackburn, which Matt will be hosting. And uh, I will be back with the post-match one for the Blackburn game. So let's hope we're talking about three points.